Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. You're locked on Fast Break Friday on the V-Show. Presented by AL81. AL8, the sunshine cut tomorrow. AL8, a new kind of taste. AL8, the sunshine cut tomorrow. AL8. It's from another place. Crisp, clean, L8. Bang. Emanating from the ESPN Louisville studios and heard throughout the Commonwealth on the PNV Network. All right, welcome to Fast Break Friday. I apologize. I mean, we, we, we generally are loosey goosey when we get on, but I was in the back. We were knee deep into, again, revisiting the end of the Syracuse game, and all of a sudden, Diener says to me, you know, it's 12.08, and I was like, oh, man, I better go running down the hall, so I did, and here I am. I didn't think you were here. You told Well, me I you was going to go to Cincinnati, it. and then, that's a long story, but I'm going to go afterwards. We, uh, My partner's already there, so he's going to interview Sean Miller. The reason I like, I like to get there early is I do the coach interviews, but McDermott, we're going to do tomorrow morning, and we're going to do Sean Miller uh, today, so he'll do that, and I can get there a little bit later, but... If you did listen to yesterday's show, you know I went over what I thought happened at the end of the game. If you're not clear, go back and listen to the first hour of the podcast or simply go read my Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, and I went through it in detail. But let's ask what Paul Rogers saw and what he thinks. My guess is we're on the same page, but yeah, now so. that we've had a little time to step back from it, what did you see and what do you well, think happened? Well, let's kind of take it as it happened live. When, when um, Sky hits the three... And um, Copeland is the one who takes off. Correct. The floor. Yes. And, and Copeland takes off and Louisville. I won't say they loafed, but they, there was just an instant hesitation after the shot went through to give Copeland that head start. And they tried to catch up to him. Huntley Hatfield did. And I thought Huntley Hatfield gave him a little hip, hip check. I agree 100%. But it happened so quick, I didn't get a chance to get that out. Uh, then, of course, it's frantic after that. The, the golden call, the follow that came afterwards. So... I, I'm not a big guy on griping and officiating. I think it's way too hard a job. It's impossible to make the right call all the time. So initially, when they called the goal 10, I'm okay with that. On live action, it was really hard to tell, and it kind of looked like it probably was. But then they go to the review, and everything that we saw said Caleb clearly hit the ball 
onto the backboard and had not touched the backboard yet. Ball was not over the rim. Might have been at the rim, but was not over the rim. Ball was not on the way down. So I can't under. I just want the officials to tell me why you upheld the goaltending call. I don't understand that. That's the purpose of replay is to correct the marginal plays. And sometimes you can't. Even on the replay, you can't tell. But that looked pretty clear to all of us. Yeah, I agree. And I don't understand why they made the call they made. Yeah, and they don't have to explain it, which frustrates people. My theory, and I think you agree with it from when we talked privately, is, and this is what I said yesterday, they went and watched it. Probably should have been a foul on Huntley Hatfield. They let that go. When they called the goaltend, and then they went and looked at the replay, the replay shows, and this is the rule for the people who say, well, it would have been Louisville ball. It would not have been Louisville ball. The replay, the rule, we called, Seth Greenberg called the rules interpreter. He read us exactly what Drew Diener then found the actual copy of, and I can read it to you if you want, but it, it, what it says, I can summarize it, is if the ball comes down and the officials can determine that there's clear possession, the play is supposed to resume from that point with clear possession, the team that had the ball in clear position. So what they should have called, if they got it right, they should have called the foul on Huntley-Hedfield. Let's say they didn't. Mm-hmm. They should have uh, reversed the goaltend call. Right. But if they did that, Syracuse would have had the ball side out of bounds with three seconds or so to go. And I think Because when, they had possession for they the Because it shot. came right to the... Yeah. If you watch the replay, there's nobody near <laughs> yeah. him. He's standing... It's Brown, I think, right? And who was I, I think it was? He's standing right under the goal by himself. There's there's no way you can debate it would have been their ball. And so somebody wrote me, well, he went up to dunk it, and then it was on the rim, and he grabbed the rim. It should have been an offensive goal thing. At that point, that's all irrelevant. There's, there is no, if you want to say what the rule should have been, that wouldn't have even been a shot. Right. They would have watched the replay, found out there was no goaltending, it was clear possession for Syracuse, and they would have given him the ball. What I think is, and I am a, I, listen, I'm maybe in the minority, but I think Teddy Valentine does a very good job. He works very hard. He's in great shape. Yeah, I, I did a poll a few years ago of about 10 coaches, 12 coaches, picked their three, they think the three best officials. I was amazed. He was on like everybody's ballot. The hmm. fans would, he'd be on nobody's ballot. Right. The coaches say, and I asked one of them, why? Why? They said, it's just what I told you. He's in shape. He gets in position and he makes the right call. And they don't think he's a homer, by the way, also. So for what that's worth, I don't think they did this because it was Syracuse. But I think what he did is he looked at it and he said, you know, if we get that call right, the Syracuse guy's catching the ball literally two inches from the rim. He's just going to go up and put it in. Yeah. And now we're going to give them the ball out of bounds. They, you know, that seems to be very punitive for a call we got wrong. So let's say it's goaltending, and now Syracuse has the ball. I mean, Louisville's got the ball with a chance to get a final shot, and they did. They mm-hmm. got a shot that had it gone and in, by but the won way, the game. At the time, I thought that was a two by Sky. I did not realize he was beyond the arc. Would have won the game. Uh, and that wasn't until I was watching the replay. But, oh, my God, that had been a game winner. Yeah, exactly. I was just hoping to get to overtime. Exactly. And so, you and I both thought when he let it go from our angle, I thought it was going in. Yeah, I know you don't like when I yell over you. I got so excited because I yelled, get in there, because I thought it was going in. Where we were sitting, we were right on line with it, but he shot it too hard. It wound up not being close, unfortunately. But... um, you know that's that's so again the people can get mad and and I, I'm not singling out people who even Seth on the air got it wrong he's the one who said it would have gone to the arrow it doesn't go to the arrow it goes to the arrow by the way if you're wondering what the rule is for that if the call is wrong and they overturn it and there's no clear possession you go to the arrow like let's say right. Caleb had smacked the ball off the backboard and it caromed out and it's bouncing by midcourt and then they you know they realized well we made a mistake then you go to the arrow but right. that wasn't the case it went right to the guy <laughs> standing under the goal also let me defend. Sky, just for a second, 
because you, you brought up a good point. They really didn't loaf back. I, I give Syracuse great credit that whoever it was, that's really devastating when the guy makes a three to tie the game. There's, there's the instinct is to hang your head for a second and step out of bounds. They just took it through it, yep. and the guy was behind everybody. Sky, with the lineup that was on the floor, is technically the point guard because Tyler was out. When when Again, you want to talk about coaching or something, that's your business, but the simple rule is when the point guard is the shooter, Somebody else has to rotate back to protect him. He can't be responsible for court balance. He's got a. He's busy trying to make the shot, and they didn't do that. But if you watch Sky, watch it. If you watch it again, watch when the ball goes in. He does not. He turns and immediately matches mm-hmm. up with the guy right there. He's right yeah, on. He doesn't him. celebrate. No, he's not celebrating at all. So I, 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 you can't really fault him. Yes, it would have been nice if it went and went in. The four guys had been on a dead sprint back and somehow prevented that. But I'm just being realistic here. Now you're really splitting hairs you got it sometimes the other guy makes the other guy's movie and you're in it that was a hell of a play they made they threw it to him and and uh the only thing if you really now you really want to split hairs had they really hustled back maybe that rebound doesn't come right to the guy into the basket and maybe at that point they go and they watch the replay and say well there's no clear possession here and then they don't feel as bad about going to the arrow but I, I think that's what Teddy did I think it's because they were right next to us and I was watching him talk about it Teddy was just like no it's goaltending it's got I was like boy he's kind of yeah, he seemed pretty out he was it. exactly yeah so <laughs> right, let's, let's 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 solve this right now let's yeah let's move on from here so. I would ask you another officiating question okay the block charge call is always so tricky and you actually made a comment, and I wanted to follow up to it. And over the chaos of the game, I, go I, I, I yeah. couldn't really get into it. You were talking about how they actually redefined, they to some extent, the block charge rule this year. And I'd like to know what that well, is. Well, I, I, I want this. I, I can give you the layman's term, and then I'll try and find the actual uh, phraseology that they put in the rule book or the point of emphasis. Anyway, they, they're trying to do what the uh, NBA has done. Again, in layman's terms, if I'm guarding you, all right, or, you know, and you are starting your move to the basket, it's clear that you're going to be starting your move to the basket, and I jump in front of you. If the old rule for the college was, as long as I've got my feet set before you leave the ground, they would call a charge. They're changing that now. I think the point of it, I'll see if I can find uh, the, the, the phraseology. It's if you are starting your shot and I'm not in position at the moment you starting your shot I can't get back in front of you and have that call to charge that's going to be a block and that makes sense to some degree because you're already you've you've beaten me you're starting your shot I'm not there I, I mean I've been beaten and so now I jump in at the last minute just because you haven't got your toe off the floor that seems to be uh, and the NBA has emphasized that for a long time for a lot of reasons one they don't want their players getting hurt it's a risk of injury in charge block calls and also it makes it easier on the officials so that guy's really got a and frankly it's like the NFL they want to reward offense you yeah. want more points I've, I've felt for a while it, it's it's so hard to define when it's at, at full speed even when you watch a replay sometimes it's hard and so I've always felt just sort of in a coverall uh, thought process if there's any doubt it's a block that, well that's so, also it, yeah. it well not stated yeah. kind of what's it's implied sort of what here's Unless exact, it's blatant it's, an, it's here's a the phraseology problem. under the new rule a defender to draw a charge must be in position at the time an offensive player plants his foot 
to go airborne in an attempt for a field goal. If the defender arrives after the offensive player has planted a foot to launch towards the hoop, officials are coached now to call a block if and when contact occurs. That's different than it used to be. If you are on the floor... And I could get there and establish position before you left. It used to be a charge. So now they're... But you're dealing with fractions of seconds Oh, it's still still a hard call. Yeah. It's still a very hard call. It really is. It really is. That's why, in my my thought, if it's not blatant, it's a block. Well, I agree. And and they've tried to, you know, obviously... um, make it easier for the officials and make it, frankly, less charges. They started with that restraining arc, right. which came from the NBA, and now they're stealing this page from the NBA also, which is uh, as soon as that guy plants his foot, don't jump in there, because it's going to be a block. So, well, but What they're suggesting, for the people who've criticized this, so, wait a minute, so let me get this straight. The minute that guy uh, plants his foot, I'm just supposed to let him score? No. What they're trying to encourage is try and block the shot. Go up and put your hand yeah. up, try and block the shot, come from the back and try and block it. But if you can't do any of those things, guess what? You got beat. You know, <laughs> no. I mean, that's the way it is. Yeah. So that's uh, that's how it works out. Uh, it's Fast Bake Friday presented by Ale 8, or Kentucky's original ginger soft drink since 1926. He's Paul Rogers. Bob Valvano with you. Um, Louisville's offense is at a much higher level than it was uh, early in the year. I think we can yeah. I'll state that certainly. That's pretty clear. Why? Wow. Um, I, I just think the ball movement's better. The player movement's better. Uh, they're making shots, but that's, again, which, which comes first. And I, I, I think we all agree the better you move the ball, the better shots you get and the better percentage you make. Uh, and it's really it, – it, they're doing exactly what Kenny has been coaching them to do from day one, and people had been, frankly, pretty critical of it. But it seems to have finally caught with them where to go, when to go, when to pass, when to drive. And you're just seeing a, a much better functioning offense. Yeah. Now, can we get going at the other end of the floor a little better? By the way, I just have to tell you, you know, you know how my mind works. We were out at uh, Waffle House the other day, and one person in the group ordered chicken breast and the other ordered scrambled eggs and he brought out the uh, chicken first and he said well i guess that answers that question that's a pretty good line by the way yeah. Yeah, so, there you go yeah but which is no, worse the chicken or the eggs yeah. the shot or the pan in this case it was yeah exactly so i i think you're right though i think that i also think and i don't mean to be critical of hersey or dennis or certainly jj who's you know could have been a really outstanding player but the fact they're playing less players has worked in their favor it does sort of seem to have worked that way they're when you limit playing. the options and limit the combinations and guys maybe know their roles better and how much they're going to play. Speaking of which, it didn't really occur to me afterwards, uh, Manny didn't play any of the other Yeah, night. I saw that it's too. It's a lot of minutes for Brandon, and maybe they just didn't want to take him out the way things were going. I was surprised at that too, because he's yeah. healthy again, right? Yeah, yeah as yeah. far as I know. I, mean, I didn't he understand. Been, and, and he he was, pro, he was pretty productive in the game mm-hmm. before. He had been the previous two games, and one thing he actually does pretty well, which would have fit in that game, is Manny runs the floor really well. That's true. So, uh, and, you know, in, in all the stuff that's going on in the game, it really wasn't until after I thought, oh, wait a minute. We never saw. No, that's true. They really had a short bench. No question about that. It is interesting, though, and I'm not talking out of school. You know, there are people who just want to move on from the Kenny Payne era. So they really are not rooting for them to win. And and. Uh, I think it was C.L. Brown who wrote something in The Courier that you got to evaluate at yeah. the end of the year. And, and you know what? 
I agree because if I'm teaching a class or you're teaching a class and, you know, uh, we haven't finished putting the whole curriculum in and halfway through the year you give me the final exam, I would say, what are you doing? You know, you can give me quizzes and frankly, they haven't done so well on the quizzes, (laughs) but the final exam is not yet in. And the reason I bring that up is because you'd be hard pressed to, to, to look at them and say that they are not. Uh, on the way out, as soon as I'm, walk, I'm walk, walking out, and Seth Greenberg's leaving along with Doug Sheridan, who did the um, uh, Sherman, rather, Doug Sherman, the, yeah. the, the play-by-play, and he said, "Boy, they're a lot better than they were early in the year," and they are. And people yeah. don't want to hear that. Now they may say, "Yeah, but they're still what are they? Uh, what, what are they? Eleven and fifty seven, or something? Seven and sixteen? And from unless you were four and twenty-eight, yeah. so what's the math on that? That's eleven and well, they almost doubled their win total. Yeah, so uh, it, it is it is better." I, I don't think it's what anybody hoped and frankly expected, but I think what you're seeing now is more along the lines of what we hoped and expected. And again, you're, you're not going to be playing the top teams other than Duke the rest of the way. But I, I can, you know, I, I understand people sort of thinking, "Gosh, I, I'm ready for a change. Let, let's bring in a new coach or whatever." But I'm sorry, I, I can't go into a game rooting for guys to lose. No, me either. That's <laughs> you know, exactly these like guys that. want to win, try to win, and I can't be happy to see them go out there and keep losing. A, a couple of weeks ago, I was really worried. How in the world are we going to get, get through the rest I, of the season? And now on the it's, same page. it's fun again. It, it really is fun. It, and that's what I said. This is a team. They're not great, Syracuse, but they are 11 and one at home, yeah. and they've beaten some decent teams at home. And Louisville had a real chance to win the game, and that—that's now you go into the games and you think they have a chance at least to beat. Mm-hmm. The, the beginning, it was just waiting. It was just sitting there waiting. All right, when's it going to get away from us? When are <laughs> yeah. we going to wind up down 20? And it hasn't been that way in a while. A win, and then this one easily could have been a win. So uh, you know they're definitely um, making some progress. <coughs> the area that. They don't look like they're making progress. They still don't guard very well. And and the thing that was disappointing to me is they what really hurt them, nobody expects the team to play perfectly. Let's not kid ourselves. But there's certain things that should be, you know, mortal sins. One is the the when a guy's got seven threes and he's on the wing and Trey did his let me fly into the first row thing again and the guy just steps right around mm-hmm. him and makes the three and you were, you I said on the air as they were coming down the floor I wasn't stepping over you but I said all right boys no three here because as long as they didn't give up a three it would have been a one possession game yeah. and instead he makes a three and it goes to four <laughs> so you went like, no threes wait no 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was I was like that guy on the video with uh, not this bleaking guy I mean, that's an old NBA video. But yeah, I was just uh, not only a three, but him yeah. of all people. Yeah, seven of them. I think we know he could make them. Yeah, but at that point, we're pretty <laughs> sure he was capable of making one. And then you know, Ty Lars, I've said I'm, I'm you know wise ass, but next time he fouls a three point shooter, I think we're going to stop the game and give him the ball. It'll be his 25th career fouling three point shooter in his first year. And and you know he swept him. And they they all do that, guys. They think that if they eh, just a little contact, I'm not going to get called, and they are going to get called. And so he did. He swept his foot underneath him, and and not only and you pointed this out on the air. Not only was it a bad foul, you never want to jump the foul the jump shooter, and you certainly don't want to foul three point shooter, but he fouled out of the game. I mean, so that, and then there were two possessions where I think Ty Law, unlike some of those fans, can shoot the three and shoot it well, but he has to shoot it off a pass and stepping in. When he comes off the dribble and pulls up, and I'm thinking this is not going to end well. And then Sky had two possessions where he just looked like the Tasmanian devil from the cartoon. He just went in there and went out of his mind and lost the ball. And again, like I said, nobody's going to play perfectly, but at key times like that, 
you just want them to be able to really buckle down and, and get back to executing what they do well. And they did do well. They, they should. The last, how many games has their offense been really good now? That's 50%? You know, like, yeah, it's other than there was, they had six was games Clemson? in a row where they shot at least 46%. Then I believe it was Clemson where yeah, they dropped way they down. But they, they're right back yeah. at that level. Tyler, by the way, is 8 of 42. That's 19%. Yeah, no, he's. Three-point field goals. But of those 42 attempts, I would say at least half of them are bad shots. That's the way I look at it. I'm like Kenny Payne here. It's year one. He's really he's really eight for 18, which yeah. is not terrible. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the truth, yeah. though. But uh, I, they, they're Curtis Williams, I've said from day one, when even when he was hardly playing, I said, that kid's going to be a player. He tries defensively. He's long. He moves his feet. He can shoot it. Uh, Tyler is going to be a player. I will say, even though I've been on Trey pretty hard, and that play was a foolish one at the end, I got to tip my hat to the kid. He's been rebounding like Moses Malone here, and he's been doing really good things. Mm-hmm. He's really helped them of late. Um, so he's come on. Sky tries to defend very well, and, and that was a big shot he made. They got a guy that you could see they have confidence in. He can go get him a shot late. Huntley Hatfield's been an otherworldly. So they're making progress individually. I don't, I don't think it's any question. A guy who I think is way outplaying his stats – is Caleb Glenn? I was. I'm glad you brought him up. I agree with you. He, he's he, you know, he's still only averaging what uh, about two and a half points a game. He's had one double figure scoring game, but uh, that 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 block slash goal ten you know, the other day is an example of his athleticism and how hard he plays. That that big slam dunk follow he had the game before. I don't know if you saw that. That's the game you missed, but had a big play there. And I, there's just a ruggedness to there him that I, that I really like. He brings a toughness inside, and uh, he's, he's a big, strong kid. I mean, mm-hmm. when you when you walk next to him, you realize he's uh, he's got the ability to have a presence down in the low post. Um, let's see what we're doing here. We are at the bottom of the hour, so we'll get uh, a Tonga over there to get us into break. And uh, we got Kenny Payne or Danny Manning actually. I think at one fifteen. Okay, well, good. So we'll listen to yeah. Coach Manning, who I see all the time. By the way, if you want to run into Coach Manning. And I say this with great respect because I'm in there all the time also. Uh, go to King Donuts on Brownsboro <laughs> Road. He, uh, we'll do Keith Farmer on the other side. But uh, Danny, is, oh, I always see him. We, we see each other all the time. And, and, and I'm getting my bagel for breakfast. And I don't know what he's getting, but he's always in that good coffee. And he lives not far from there. So if, you wanna, if you're a paparazzi out there, you want to <laughs> get a yeah. shot, head out Everybody's there. Everybody's looking for Coach Manning. No and question. unlike Waldo, he's easy to spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very fair point. All right, we'll take a break. By the way, I... I tip my hat. I said to my sons last night at the bowling alley, um, every once in a while you surprise me when you get whimsical, and I love that. When you said, the ball goes out of bounds in front of the orange bench. Well, it's not really an orange bench. I want to point that out. The bench is the same it's, color it's, as the it's other bench. the bench, bench. where the team Syracuse named the orange sits. <laughs> I was like, that was quality entertainment. All right, we'll come back. It's uh, ESPN 680-1057. Thanks for listening to us in Lexington on Fast Break Friday and uh, wherever you're listening to us on the interweb. We're glad you're with us. It's Fast Break Friday presented by L8. Men, the new year is here, and if you're like many of us, you're going to make a resolution to improve your health. But if you're feeling sluggish and low energy, if your sleep patterns are off, if you've been working out and aren't seeing the gains you used to see, making that resolution may not be so easy. This is Jeff for Tri-State Men's Health, and if you're feeling the way I just described, we can likely help you with that resolution. Because those symptoms probably mean you're suffering with low testosterone. And at Tri-State Men's Health, we're experts in treating this condition. With our low T protocols, if you're like most men, the change will astound you. You'll feel more energy and better mental clarity. Your sleep will improve. Your workouts will be better. And you'll likely find your sex drive goes up as well. So call us today and get treated for your low T. 
Your initial visit is only $99 and includes blood work and a medical consult. And if you start on testosterone the day of your appointment, your visit is free. Call 800-900-9654 or go to TristateMensHealth.com. We have four offices, Cincinnati, Louisville, Dayton, and now Columbus. Tri-State Men's Health, a promenic restorative health practice. Hi, this is Paul Rogers. Last summer, I suffered a pretty severe knee sprain, so of course, I called Ellison Bodenhausen Orthopedics right away. They have 24-hour appointments, often on the same day, with one of ENB's 11 certified orthopedic surgeons. Ellison Bodenhausen Orthopedics offers a year-round Monday morning walk-in clinic at their East Point, St. Matthews, and South End locations. This is open to all patients, no appointment is needed, and the hours are from 8 to 9.30 every Monday morning. ENB Orthopedics has four physician office locations, the East Point office off Old Henry Road, Dixie Highway, St. Matthews, that's in the Norton Women and Children's Hospital, and New Albany. ENB Orthopedics has five outpatient physical therapy clinics at East Point, Dixie Highway, St. Matthews, Fern Creek, and New Albany. To schedule an appointment with Ellison Bodenhausen Orthopedics, please call 502-587-1236 or visit their website at enbortho.com. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get up to $750 off a new Bryant system. All the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Do you want to grow your business in 2024? ESPN Louisville wants to help take your business to the next level. Email us at partnerships at ESPNLouisville.com. That's partnerships at ESPNLouisville.com. Or call 502-992-8477. Become a partner of the sports leader, ESPN Louisville. The biggest winner in the big game could be you thanks to BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks is offering new customers a chance to score $158 in bonus bets instantly. That's right, instantly. Just download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code VSHOW, then place a $5 Moneyline wager on the big game. You'll receive $158 in bonus bets instantly, regardless of your wager's outcome. Don't miss your opportunity to cross the goal line on the money line as pro football's top teams clash for the championship. Can't be in Vegas for the big game? Then bring the big game excitement with you with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms 21 plus only. Kentucky only. New customer offer Subject to eligibility requirements, rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Can't get enough ESPN Louisville? Subscribe to us on YouTube at ESPN Louisville for live watch-alongs, play-by-play breakdowns with the coach, behind-the-scenes action in the bullpen, and more. Mark Ennis here. Following in the footsteps of Jason Anderson and Andy Sweeney, this year I'm turning my lawn care over to our great partners at Ferrison Lawn Care. They're the experts folks here at ESPN Louisville count on, and Ferrison has been serving our community for more than 50 years now. I've already made the call. I'm going to have the healthiest, greenest lawn in my neighborhood this year. With the ESPN 2024 Spring Special, you'll get two free treatments with the full Ferrison program. So call Ferrison today at 576-5296. That's Ferrison Lawn Care, 576-5296. Welcome back to Fast Break Friday, presented by AL81. Crisp, clean, LA. Emanating from the ESPN Louisville studios and heard throughout the Commonwealth on the PNB Network.
We roll on, and uh, thanks to our listeners in Lexington. And because of that, we'd like to have uh, Keith Farmer join us to get an update on what's going on out to Lexington Way. And um, uh, Keith, thanks so much for being with us. You know, I, I have uh, we have Mark Story on on occasion also, and I, I decided mm-hmm. we're going to have a new feature here because I think it makes life simpler. Because uh, um, you know the fans are. Oh, shall we say, a little bit animated. So we're going to use the NORAD defense system for level of alarm for the fans. So uh, level one is when you're expecting to have nuclear bombs in your lawn the next day. Level five is everything's hunky-dory. Uh, Mark said after they uh, the loss, the Tennessee loss, might have gotten up to level two. Uh, mm-hmm. but after, mm-hmm. after Vanderbilt thinks it's come back down, what, what, what do you see the NORAD, the NORAD uh, John Calipari fever rating being right now? I think a four. Wow, really? That far down? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, I was kind of debating three or four, but I'm going to go four right now. Okay. Um, just, you know, the good feeling of seeing things turn a little bit, you know, especially on the defensive end. Um, you know, with nine games to go, you're getting into February. It's now like you're seeing him start to, you know, it's, it's lovey-dovey early on with all the freshmen and everything. And now it's like, all right, you're playing defense or you're coming out. You know, I don't care if you can score a basket. Because uh, everybody can score, you, you got to play defense. So everybody seeing him start to clamp down, that gives them faith that the change is going to happen a little. You know, start to happen now, right? Well, I'm a thousand percent in agreement with that. I mean, I, I, I've told this story many times on the show, but we had Frank Layden, who at that time was coaching the Utah Jazz, yeah. wound up being their president. He came and spoke at our banquet at Bellarmine. Afterwards, you know, you have a chance to just chat with him. And, hey, here I'm coaching a Division two school, and this guy's coaching. At that time, he had Malone, Stockton. He had really stars yeah. on his team. He had Dantley. I said, Frank, uh-huh. how do you how do you – Get them motivated. I mean, what, what, you know, they make more money than you do. What's your leverage? And we were sitting on two chairs, and there was an empty chair next to him, and he pointed to it. He said that right there. He said, it doesn't matter how much you make or what level you play at. The threat of coming on the bench makes guys pay attention to what you're saying. And I think there's right. nothing that does that more when you're asking guys to play defense. Is I don't care who you are. I don't care what else you do. If you don't defend, you don't play him. So, uh, and he's got the, you know, he's never really wanted to play a deep roster there. But now he seems to have the bodies he can do that if he wants. He can, cut, he can make good on his threat, I guess is what I'm saying. He certainly can, and he he pointed out the other night that against Vanderbilt, he saw where Antonio Reeves wasn't diving on a loose ball, so he pulled him out of the game, and he sat him down. You're talking about a guy that, you know, by all rights could be an All-American, could be in talks for that, and he put him on the bench to, you know, wake him up a little bit and say, hey, I know you can put up 20 points a game, but if you're not out there playing D and, and talking and diving for loose balls and whatever else, then you're going to have a seat next to me until you wake up and you're ready to do so. Keith, you can look at the Kentucky schedule, and these recent losses have been to good teams. There's there's no sure. denying that. But sure. the problem is Kentucky's supposed to be one of those good teams, <laughs> and, and they're supposed <laughs> right. to win their share or more than their share of those games. So how much is that an issue as opposed to the rationale of, well, we've we've lost some really good teams and we'll get better? Yeah, I think you're right, and I think I think there are people kind of talking that up around here. You know, when you're talking about the UK fan, that especially you don't lose at Rupp Arena, right? And it doesn't matter who it's against. Um, you shouldn't have more than the two losses that you've had. Is it two, three that they've had this year uh, at home? 
so, so that's a little mind-boggling, especially with one of them being the UNC Wilmington game. Um, granted, it was early in the year, but still, you, those are games you don't lose as a Kentucky team. So I think it's more now they see that the, the SEC is starting to catch up. I think that you also see with the transfer portal, teams are you know, able to build something in a particular year a little more quickly. And um, so I, I think it's something that UK fans are going to have to get used to. I think we're just going to see teams that are going to come in here, especially if Cal Perry stays with the freshmen. It's just something you're going to have to get used to. Occasionally there are going to be those losses. And, um, you know, I, I think early on in the SEC schedule, I think, or, or at least going into it, people thought, all right, you know, Kentucky's up there. They're one of the, the top two maybe, you know, and now they're looking at it going, all right, well, maybe they're one of the top four or five um, because this this is actually, you know, a pretty deep league and, and tough one to win in. Yeah, I, I mean, weren't they picked fourth in the preseason? They were. And yeah. it's funny because when the year started, well, like A&M was picked first, right? And you see where they are. They're like, you know, yeah. middle middle pack. Good point. Good point. That's why they played on wood and not on paper, as they say. But <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're right though because I, I said the same thing. I saw them early. I saw them in, even though they they lost in the Champions Classic. I was like, well, but this team, you know, got fourth yeah. in the league. They're going to be better than that. And then they had some disappointing performances. Even games they won, they didn't look all that great. And I said, I don't know. They may not even make fourth. And now right. maybe right. that's maybe they got that one right. Maybe that's about where they are. I don't know. I mean, when it's all said and done. I know. Yeah, no, I was the same way. I thought, okay, yeah, they got to be better than this. And then, uh, you know, now it's starting to look pretty dead on. I mean, they're, you know, sitting in fifth right now trying to move up. So, uh, still plenty of of games. I know it's, we say just eight, nine games to play, eight in the the league. But, I mean, that's still a lot of, of chances to make a move up. Keith Farmer's with us. It, you know, they're, they're people that make a living doing this in other walks of life. You know, they when so, when somebody says something in the world of business, then they bring a guy on to interpret what that really means. You know, and mm-hmm. and in government and politics, especially. So you've been following Cal now long enough. Good lord, interpret his comments because I've. I certainly am not nearly as close as you are or the people who follow him every day, but I kind of get a read for him having seen him early in the year at Champions Classics and things. And and I thought in the Champions Classic, even though they didn't win, he felt like he had a chance for this team to really still have a special year. And I'm getting that same vibe now, even though they may not win the regular season. It's going to be tough to win the regular season in the SEC. I think that's mm-hmm. why he keeps talking about this. Still other things out there, the SEC tournament, the NCAA tournament. I think he still has a chance. You think he's just whistling in the dark, or he really feels that this team has a potential to, to do some things? Oh, no. I think he really believes this team has a chance to do things. And the reason is – like he even said the other night after Vanderbilt, he's like, if we can just get eight to ten percent defensively better. Now that's not much, but he feels like if they can just get that much better defensively, he's not at all worried about offense. I mean, they can score. There's all sorts of guys that can carry the team on a particular night, and so he's not worried about that. It's the defensive end where he has to get them figuring things out. Um, you know, early on in the season, Reed Shepard. He'd wander away. He had a great analogy the other night. I don't know if you heard this one or not, but he's like Rob Billingham occasionally on offense. You've just got to let him do his thing. He's, he's almost like Russ, right? <laughs> like Rusticulous, yeah. you know? you got, you got to just, you know, go with some of the things that he does wrong occasionally because he's going to put up points, and he's going to get the ball to the right guy, right? Well, on the defensive end, he said Reed Shepard's like that. Occasionally he's going to wander away. He's going to do his own thing. 
he's going to get burned a couple of times, and then I'm going to sit him down, and I'm going to say, look, you can't do that anymore. You know, now let's stay with your man, you know. No, it's true. I mean, I I grew up watching a guy like that, uh, who many fans will at least know the name, Walt Frazier. Walt Frazier on the Knicks would have games where he'd have, you know, six steals because he was, you know, he was taking liberty. And and there were times when he should do that. And the coach coach of the Knicks at the time, a guy named Red Holtzman, would let him do that. But there were times when he would get so outlandish that he would switch the assignment and put the other guard on the guy Frazier was guarding, which very often was the other team's best score because he thought, you know, you're wandering around too much, dude. You know, I got to get somebody who's going to stay home. So that's coaching though, right? I mean, that's what you do. You got to make adjustments. Exactly. And I think he's learned more about his players as this season's continued to carry on. And, And that's why now he feels like, you know, if we just concentrate on the defensive end and make our improvements there, then we're going to be one of the, the teams that you're not going to want to face when we get to March. Talking to Keith Farmer here. I, let me ask you about the league in general. I, I, I'm amazed how sports does what it does, but the guy went from uh, kind of hero to, to rockhead amazingly fast in, uh, in your own league. And I, want, I mean, this talk, he may not even survive this, and I'm curious if what your thoughts are uh, about um, – uh, you know what's going on at uh, uh, Arkansas, where they're two and seven, eleven and eleven, and yeah. I mean we, they were ready to have a parade for this guy like two years ago, and now um, it looks like they are uh, really, really struggling. Do you think he's going to be looking for work in a few months? You know that's a good question. I did go to the game in Fayetteville, and it's still a packed house, and they're still behind their team doing the pig suey and uh, you know cheering them on to the very end. Um, so, so I don't know that just this one season might do it for him. But yeah, you talk about a hard fall. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> man, maybe, oh it's, maybe it's yeah, it's, it's maybe one of those things too with Musselman where he just you know, again, you've got this transfer portal situation now. Maybe he bet on some guys that haven't delivered. You know, it's just I know he had one that that left the team the week that Kentucky showed up to play there. So. Uh, and he was one of their leaders, so um, you know that would that would trouble me more than just the on court, you know, kind of performance starting to, to lose the faith of, of players, you know, for whatever reason. But um, I, I don't know that it would be this year. I, I think you gave him one more year and see how he gets things turned around. What, By the so, way, uh, I, I was just looking, that got me thinking about it. L. Ellis, who transferred, uh-huh. of course, from Louisville, is averaging five and a half points per game there, playing <clears throat> playing um, 17 minutes a game. He was playing 39 minutes a game <laughs> yeah. here and averaging as many points as shots as he could <laughs> hoist up there last year. But, well, whatever. Uh, Kentucky takes on a really high-profile game. It's an odd place to play it because nobody seems to play non-conference games this late in the year, which is a new trend. I remember, God, when Denny was here, I remember him playing my brother's NC State team's in February, like all the time, he went to New York and played in the Garden, played Iona. They don't do that anymore. But Kentucky's got Gonzaga dropped right plumb in the middle of their SEC schedule. Uh, Gonzaga having a, an uncharacteristic, for lack of a better word, underperforming year under Mark Few. Yeah. What's on the line tomorrow for Kentucky in this game? Well, quad one win, right? Because it still would be that. And, and so, you know, again, getting to February, getting to where you're starting to really try and boost your seed, your your net ranking and everything. So I, I think when you look at it, it's, it's a big game. It really is um, because of that. Um, you know, you'll only get so many chances within your league, which, again, we've talked about there are quite a few left uh, for Kentucky to do that. But when you get a Gonzaga team coming your way, 
Um, I, I think you've got to take care of business in, in this one, especially having lost last year out there. Um, but, uh, you know, the interesting thing is how many points are going to be scored in this game. I mean, they're both averaging like 84 and 89. Uh, I'd like to see what and, the over right. over-under is on this number. It's got uh, I, that's what I was saying, too, and I have not checked it yet, but they've, it's got to be – you know, 300, 350, 400 mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Will there be defense played? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It'll be entertaining anyway, so that, yeah. uh, that should be good. Hey, Keith, it's always good to talk to you. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Sounds good. Take care, guys. All right. Uh, Keith Farmer. I was checking Gonzaga's schedule, by the way. Uh, they lost to Connecticut by 13. Uh, early in the year, they lost to Purdue by 13. In fact, the same score. So let me see. Yeah, 76-63, both those games. And they beat Syracuse uh, by 19 early in the year. I'm, I'm just kind of looking at their non-conference schedule yeah. as they play. They beat Southern Cal, who's not much. Where did they play Syracuse? Was it in the Dome? Uh, no, it was. It's uh, the dates are consecutive, so it was a. Uh, it Some was late tournament. November. I'm trying to remember where that was. Oh, that was in Hawaii. I believe that was in the Valley Invitational, oh, if nice. I remember right. Yeah. Nice. Big fan of the Maui Invitational. Hey, I wanted to get pick your brain on this. We're going to do it later, but we have a nice window to do it here. Because, in, in all due respect, I don't, I didn't think, I don't think you were uh, aware of this, and I wasn't aware of it either. A guy texted me yesterday, and then I, um, um, I, I didn't respond to it, understanding the context in which he meant it. What he was asking was, the he was mad. The ACC is a crap league. He sent me. That's what the text. I was like, why? What brought this on all of a sudden? And he said, playing all the championships in in North Carolina, it gives all those teams such a home advantage. And uh, I was like, well, I mean, it's in one way. I, I'm doing Nikki here, Johnny. Two sides, one side of my mouth. <laughs> It's it makes sense. There's uh, there's three schools in North Carolina, and there's uh, how many Virginia schools, and it's centrally located, it's centrally kind of located. for the others. You yeah. got Boston doesn't have to go all the way to Florida. Miami doesn't have to go all the way to the Northeast. It's right. not that far for Louisville, so it makes sense. But Bayheim used to lose his mind over it because in basketball it was a tremendous home court advantage. Of course, he wanted everything to be played in the <laughs> Garden because right. he he would have the biggest home court advantage there. Mm-hmm. So everybody's look. My I, I always They're quote New on York the show college team. Yeah, the Weeb Eubank. He used to coach the Jets. They were having a rules meeting, and he, one of my favorite lines ever I heard he was, after the meeting, he said, well, I just want to make sure I get my fair advantage. You <laughs> yeah. know, so that's how coaches yeah. feel. But having said that, I was a little surprised, and I want to try and read between the lines a little, because there was discussion. I remember, you know Bob Harris, of course, the yeah. former play-by-play guy at Duke. Mm-hmm. And he was lamenting that, you know, we're not going to wind up going to Greensboro anymore because um, that's th- their mindset for a long time was they're going to take this thing to NBA arenas. That's where they were going to go. They went to, we're going to D.C. this mm-hmm. year. They, in Brooklyn. they played in Brooklyn. They played in Atlanta. And, you know, and when they go to North Carolina, it'll probably be in Charlotte right. where, the, where the NBA team plays. And so... Uh, I was very surprised. Let me see if I can find it. They're going to Greensboro like twice in the next five years. For the basketball tournament? Yes. Huh. I see like my, – because my response to the listener was, well, it makes some sense in, this, in the, for outdoor sports. I mean, for like the spring sports, it's a little more moderate climate than going north and maybe, you know, again, and central located. So it makes sense to play. Uh, and it's a little bit temperate if you play the soccer championships. They're starting to get a little cold in the northern states in November. It's okay. But I didn't realize – they have a five-year deal that they're playing – in here they are. I'll show this to 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 uh, to Paul here in a minute. But look, men's basketball, two thousand five Charlotte, two thousand two thousand twenty five Charlotte, twenty six Charlotte, twenty seven Greensboro, twenty eight Charlotte, twenty nine Greensboro. Hmm. 
That's for, for men's basketball. Uh, women's basketball, Greensboro in 24, 25, and Charlotte in 27. I don't know where they were going in 26. They didn't list that. But women's soccer, men's and women's soccer, five-year commitment from 24 to 29 in Cary. Now, that makes sense. Anybody who's been there, they have a national caliber right. soccer complex. So I'll get that. But they got the swimming and diving championships in Greensboro for five years. The women's golf in, in Greensboro for three years. Rowing in Raleigh. I mean, how? why are they? I'm just wondering, are they concerned that like if this league implodes, but but if the league implodes, the, the Carolina schools would be what right. wants to they leave, wouldn't they? Some, you would think. I mean, that's been the talk. Is it an ex- is it a cost thing? Who, who knows? I love and can they, and Josh, and, what he and knows. And can they change it if there are no North Carolina schools? Also, good point. So. I mean, because now in, in the cynic in me says, well, you know what? They must be the only ones bidding on it. Because anybody can be. bid on any championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can bid to have it here if you want. But they generally don't because they can't put together a, a package that's a, a financially feasible. Like for a team from Miami to go travel to where they got to travel necessarily. But uh, I, I got to admit, I was really surprised. Especially, and I'm listen, I'm for an NBA guy, and I am an NBA guy. I loved going to Greensboro. Even before Louisville joined the league, I said, because they love it. The whole You yeah. go into a restaurant, everybody's talking about it. You go into a store, they're talking it's, about it. It's a little bit like the state fair. It is. It's like the state tournament in Indiana, mm-hmm. I was going to say. But like we went to Atlanta that year. I, I, was Louisville in the league yet? I don't no, remember. we haven't been to Atlanta. They didn't even know we were there. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was like, uh, I thought that was terrible. Now, what's weird is... Didn't they go to Tampa even one they time? They did. Or the, the, I think the SEC did. I couldn't remember no, if the No, I think Louisville did, did also. Uh, I mean, the ACC did. But what, I, the one thing I was surprised at is D.C., which I would, they don't even have a team in the league anymore. I mean, Georgetown's right. in the Big East. Maryland's in the Big Ten. Yep. And yet, they really get into it. It's they. I was really surprised at that. I, uh, the year they play. Have they been in once or twice in D.C.? Well, anyway, I have not been to the tournament in D.C. The one year was when we were cut off. And then, did they do it another year? Was well, it I was, I've gone to yeah, D.C. Because you, you went it. for ESPN. Yeah, so it must so have been before the ACC, uh, before Louisville was in the league. But I was really surprised. I think you'll be pleased. They really are pretty excited about it there. And uh, there's this little small corridor not far from the arena, restaurants and shops, and you'll see signs and things. And, you know, I, I've just, um, I don't know, have you ever gone to the College World Series? Never been. The, you know, I, I, I get it. It's money. But they used to play it at Rosenblatt Stadium, which was right across the street, literally, from the zoo. And it was kind of in a neighborhood. And I'm telling you, Paul, it was the funnest thing because these people, for years, they would rent out like their front lawn to people put tents up and, and they would turn it into a little makeshift uh, uh, merchandise thing. Or they had uh, uh, official places that, you know, if, if the eight teams, let's say Clemson was in it, they'd be official Clemson headquarters or whatever. And and, they, and and the fans all were friendly. They would all mingle. You'd go into the other guy's tent and you'd be talking and have a beer. And, and it was awesome. It was so... Uh, homey, but it was also big time enough, and it was fun. They had that guy. You probably you probably saw this. He had eight uh, storks on his front lawn, and each was painted in one of the colors of the teams. In and when one team got eliminated, he put a black bag over the, <laughs> the, the stork's head, and he got eliminated one by one. So it was fun. Now. Now they moved to the beautiful stadium in downtown Omaha. It's part of a downtown right. renovation thing. It's a beautiful stadium, gorgeous. 
or lots of blue curtains, lots of blue carpets because of the NCAA, and so antiseptic, sterile. Very, very corporate. Very <laughs> corporate. Lost the down-home. Oh, my God, it is. It's still a great event, but I'm telling you. So that's kind of what Greensboro is, which is weird. They don't go back usually. Once they leave the homey things, you know, like the Final Fours, the, where was the last arena Final Fours? In Kansas City? Might have been. Wow. I think it was. Let's go look that up. I don't know. Kansas no. City? I don't Not Kansas City. Yeah, it was Kansas City. Louisville won one, one of theirs in Dallas. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Kansas beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Because Billy Tubbs was at Oklahoma. That was in 88, I think. Where was Louisville that? lost Oklahoma in the Sweet 16. Let's see. But I don't remember where the but Final Four was. Last Final Four, non-dome. Let's see. Non-dome. Dome. You want to make a guess? I think it's that one. I think there's there was one more nope, recent. I'm than wrong. That. It was, and I'm stupid. I was at this one in the Meadowlands. The Meadowlands. One Kentucky one. Yeah. Ninety six. Yeah, was that? Stupid. I was at that freaking one. How can I forget that? Yeah. So they were uh, um, the final four in New Jersey. Doesn't. What year is that? Um, Ninety six. I think. Final four. Meadowlands. Here we go. Let's see if Paul's right. I think you're right. That rings a bell with me. 96. You are correct. The Kentucky Wildcats at uh, the Meadowlands. And and I, I don't know. I, I don't, how do you feel about it? Because we've Louisville's won theirs in domes now. They and and well, I've uh, always basketball's better in arenas. That's just, what I just think. Is. But I but, but I the feel domes bad have become because, accepted. They, and, they, and it gives you a chance to get in. Like my son yeah. went to the one in Atlanta. He would never gotten in if it wasn't in a dome. And he showed up and got in. And, and they've gotten better. You know, when they first put them in domes. Have you seen? I'm sure you probably have at some point when they played the Houston UCLA game in the Astrodome, and it was like it looked like a boxing ring out there, way out in the middle. No seats around it. There were like three rows of seats around it. Everybody else was in the baseball. Well, now as as you were describing at Syracuse, they not only move you to a side, but they move you to an end zone. Yes. So you've got a huge section of fans in what would be the football end zone, sitting at court side, Mm -hmm. and then what would be sideline seats for football wrap around the ends of the floor and then they put up temporary bleachers on the other side of the floor so that you don't seat all the whole dome you're seating yeah but now they're getting away from that because when you do that you can only sell like twenty five thousand seats because the people on the other side are blocked by those temporary bleachers the recent years now they put them back in the middle like they did in houston and they elevate them that's why when you watch on tv all you see is that they they look like they look like uh, kilroy the players on there on the (laughs) sideline sitting on their bench and then they could sell seats all around so we i remember in indianapolis we went to our spot and you said i feel like i'm at the world's biggest sports bar because the table top (laughs) is low the floor's up here, it's like you're looking at a giant TV screen. It <laughs> and it's real life. And I guess that we, we've become accustomed. I went to see Paul McCartney in concert at Great American Ballpark. And he, he was set up. We were sitting in what would be for the baseball structure, basically just a little bit past third base. But his stage was dead center field, like on the warning track. You watch the whole concert on the big right. screens. I mean, you can see them, yeah. and you, but, but I mean, you basically watch, when you're at those events, you watch it on the Yeah, the watch, watching TV monitors. in person. Yeah. It's, it's almost like being there. It's almost like being in person, <laughs> exactly. All right, we are, uh, we're going to take a time out, I think. We are. We're at the top of the hour, so we'll get a break. Um, uh, Theodore is going to get us into break, and then we'll come back and do more radio. So uh, it's Fast Break Friday here in Louisville. Those of you in Lexington, thanks for spending an hour with us. We'll see you next week. It's Fast Break Friday presented by 
Ale 8, Kentucky's original ginger soft drink since 1926. BSN Sports is the leading marketer, manufacturer, and distributor of sporting goods, apparel, and equipment. BSN Sports is your ultimate partner, saving coaches time off the field so they can spend more time impacting the lives on it. With over 20-plus sales professionals working in the Kentuckiana area, let BSN take care of you and your team. BSN Sports even outfits the staff here at ESPN Louisville. So trust the pros that we trust. BSNSports.com. Can't get enough ESPN Louisville? Subscribe to us on YouTube at ESPN Louisville for live watch-alongs, play-by-play breakdowns with the coach, behind-the-scenes action in the bullpen, and more. ESPN Bet is now live in Kentucky. As the official sportsbook of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Must be 21 plus gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. February is a month to celebrate love and to ward off winter's best chill at Sealbach Hilton. Why choose? Join us for both all month long. Our spectacular venue has served as an inspiration for the great Gatsby more than a century ago, and we continue to build upon that special place in history. And for that February chill, the old Sealbach Bar offers more than 200 bourbons and has been rated one of the world's top 50 bourbon bars. So find time to step back, relax, and enjoy a place like no other this month, the Sealbach Hilton. This is Heather Brewer with CYL Infrared Sauna Studios. At CYL, we are Louisville's only private sauna pod studio. Our infrared sauna pods are a great way to rid your body of toxins, boost weight loss, decrease inflammation, and improve sleep. Stimulate your lymphatic system to purge toxins from the body while relaxing your muscles with our infrared lymphatic roller. Right now, mention ESPN Louisville and receive your first sweat and 15-minute lymphatic roller session free. To find out more information about the benefits and see how CYL can change your life, visit us at our Louisville or Lexington location or visit us online at ESPNLouisville.com forward slash sweat. That's ESPNLouisville.com forward slash sweat. What if we told you that every time you make a purchase, you could be adding to your savings? With Roundup Checking, every debit card purchase is rounded up to the nearest dollar, and the rounded amount is automatically put into a savings account with interest. We'll even double your savings for the first 90 days, which means you could be growing your savings with every... The best checking account puts money back in your wallet. Visit ccuky.org forward slash Roundup for more information and apply for Roundup Checking today, only from Commonwealth Credit Union. Here, we see you differently. Federally insured by NCUA. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get up to $750 off a new Bryant system. All the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Do you want to grow your business in 2024? ESPN Louisville wants to help take your business to the next level. Email us at partnerships at ESPNLouisville.com. That's partnerships at ESPNLouisville.com. Or call 502-992-8477. Become a partner of the sports leader, ESPN Louisville. The biggest winner in the big game could be you thanks to BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks is offering new customers a chance to score $158 in bonus bets instantly. That's right, 
instantly. Just download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code VSHOW, then place a $5 Moneyline wager on the big game. You'll receive $158 in bonus bets instantly, regardless of your wager's outcome. Don't miss your opportunity to cross the goal line on the Moneyline as pro football's top teams clash for the championship. Can't be in Vegas for the big game? Then bring the big game excitement with you with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms 21 plus only. Kentucky only. New customer offer Subject to eligibility requirements, rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Can't get enough ESPN Louisville? Subscribe to us on YouTube at ESPN Louisville for live watch-alongs, play-by-play breakdowns with the coach, behind-the-scenes action in the bullpen, and more. It's Bob Valvano, and you're listening to ESPN 680 and 105.7. Rebound run down by the Cardinals. Here goes Siva. Slows. Now gives off. Hancock three out top. Good! There's your answer. There's your answer right there. Three straight threes for Luke. It's 36-32 Michigan and a timeout from John Beeline. Welcome back to Fast Break Friday. Presented by AL81. Crisp, clean, L.A. Emanating from the ESPN Louisville studios and heard throughout the Commonwealth on the PNB Network. Oh, that was days gone by. Yeah, which <laughs> I, I heard John Beeline, which was that, the West Virginia game or the Michigan game? Uh, which was the Michigan game? Michigan, yeah. Yeah, those were fun, happier times. Shout, Although, out, shout out Nick, though. He just pulled that up on the spot. Like, as five seconds left on the last commercial and just... Got That's because I sent it to him six months ago, and he finally got off his butt and put it in the computer. Wow, and he's not even family. Shots fired. Not even Let's family go. and letting it go. With, uh, yeah. Was that what you sent him? I sent him a series of calls from the championship game, yeah. Uh, many of them you're a part of. No, thank you for that. I have been sitting there for many years. Um, I think we'll get a uniform signed when it's 25 <laughs> like years. Like the Knicks did. Yeah, people, the Knicks. That was really touching, actually. Yeah, they got choked cool. up. The, the, the Jalen Brunson, and I don't remember who the other player was, they were doing the opening stand-up, Walt Frazier and Mike Breen, who've been doing it now 25 years. Wow. Mike Breen actually called, when I was at St. Francis, New York, he was the uh, play-by-play announcer for Marist. Really? So he actually did one huh. of our games after the game. We stayed in friendly. For, but yeah, anyway, the long story made short is they gave them jerseys. Brunson and the other Nick came over right in the middle of their live shot and gave them jerseys with number 25 on the back and where the name goes on the back it said Mike and Clyde and they got all so who does the Knicks games when Mike Breen does a TV network game you know I don't even know I know because you know we talked about this on a show a long time ago when I was a kid it was easy to keep track of who did like teams had like three announcers like when I grew up the Yankees had three announcers and two of them would be on a TV and one would be on radio and every three innings they'd rotate mm-hmm. and you knew who they were. Now go back and look at the press card without exaggeration. Those teams have 17, 18 guys because they got a TV team. Sometimes the TV guy does stuff for the network too and so he's not there like you're talking about with Breen and who covers for him. I don't know who it is. Um, I thought it might be, um, I was going to say Chris Carlin, who I'm not, who I'm, but it's not him. It's... Um, the other, there's another Chris who starts with a C. Who am I thinking of? 
He does. He did women's. He does a lot of women's games. He did the WNBA game hmm. the other day. Only other Chris I see I can think of is Chris Collinsworth, and I doubt it's no, him. No, it wasn't him. <laughs> uh, let's go look that up, shall we? Because I'm intrigued by it. It's our business. We, By the way, if you're wondering, uh, Danny Manning is going to meet the, meet the Mets today. He's going to meet the press, and we'll have his presser here in a few minutes. But, I was listening, uh, was it a, I think it was a Knicks game in the car not long ago on Sirius XM, and uh, the color commentator was a female. And I, had, I actually didn't know who the male was. That wasn't somebody I recognized. Was it Doris Burke? No, it wasn't was it Doris? Doris. No. Well, anyway, I believe that it's Kenny Albert does a lot of Nick games. Okay. He's not doing. He's got network responsibilities right. too. So that's why they go pretty far down the list. But Walt Frazier and Mike Breen are their A list on uh, TV on radio. I don't know. It was, how's how's Walt? I, I've really heard him. Is he is he good? Oh, you never heard Walt throw a game? Mm-hmm. He's throwing and he's a throwing and rolling and hopping and scopping. That's his trademark. He does. Well, he's like Jesse the reason Jackson. I ask is I've listened to a few Houston Cougars games, University of Houston, and I have no idea who the play by play guy is, but he's really good. But Elvin Hayes does the color. Does he do and that I, too? And I've I've met Elvin back in that in our AAC year. I met Elvin Hayes and great guy. And of course, I remember him as a college player and all. His color commentary consists of, oh, wow, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll try not to do that. Let me see if I can find Walt doing um, some play by play here. Here we go. Walt Frazier. Showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. Rising on peculiar. And the left hand ain't that peculiar. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Sounds kind of like Junior Bridgman. He's pretty entertaining. He's a good guy. He's uh He's a, a nice guy. Uh, very funny. Um, Texas says, always knew Paul was into cougars. <laughs> oh, here all week, I was but. only pointing out I meant the university of, not we the NBA know, version. We know. <laughs> um, how, what was the is it? What is the deal with uh, Kenny? Are we going to be able to take this? Not Kenny, um, um, Danny. Are we going to be able to take this live? How are we doing? Oh, uh, we should be able to. Should be. We you normally do. Yeah, but it's not till one fifteen. You don't understand. This from one day to the next, you never know. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the computer goes down. And uh, all right, so Louisville has uh, Georgia Tech here. Uh, let's get into that. We have about a few minutes. We can talk about that. Well, the main thing about Georgia Tech is they actually have not overall been very good, but their three conference wins are over North Carolina, Duke, and Clemson. Yeah, I know. That's weird. I, that's why I, I, it's funny you say that because I was like, well, that's certainly a guy who's gotten it done in his uh, it's his first year. Yeah. And then I look back and they're getting their butts kicked on me every night except when they played yeah, the best and, teams. And they had just, oh, a. a, a bizarre, horrible game against Wake Forest the other night. They were th- 1 of 23 to start the game. Made their, f- I think they made their second shot. They led 3 to nothing. And they then- were ahead 3 